Good morning, everyone. My name is Tim Harris, pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church. Welcome to all of you in the overflow this morning. Welcome to all of you at the Franklin campus. Pastor Eric, good morning to you. Uh, We love all of you. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 9, beginning a new sermon series entitled Get Smart. Get Smart. I saw the other, other week a bumper sticker that said, we have enough youth, how about a fountain of smart? What's that talking about? We have enough youth. You've heard of the fountain of youth. We have enough youth. What we need is a fountain of smart. Apparently, whoever wrote the bumper sticker has been to Walmart. We need more smart uh, around here. It's really not that we're unintelligent. Honestly, most people are not unintelligent. We are all about as smart as we look. And if you wonder how smart you look, pull out your driver's license picture. That's exactly how you look. You're about that smart. It's not that we're unintelligent, it's simply that we do not act upon, we do not apply the knowledge that we possess. It's not that we're not smart, we just don't always act smart. But that can change, my friend, that can change. For the next eight sermons, the next number of weeks, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. We're going to get our stuff together, we're going to keep our stuff together, and that takes wisdom. It's all about wisdom. We have to seek wisdom from God and apply it to every single area of our life. And the book of Proverbs is going to help us do that. If you are not currently reading your Bible every day or if you're kind of in between in your devotions, I encourage you to stop right now and read through the book of Proverbs with me over the next few weeks. The book of Proverbs is different from other books in the Bible. It's a book of Proverbs. It's a book of sayings. And honestly, there are very few stories. There's really nothing like a story in Proverbs. There really aren't a lot of deep thoughts. There aren't a lot of begats. There aren't any begats, actually. It is just wisdom. It's ready to use straight off of the page. Do you understand? Proverbs you can get. Proverbs you can understand. It is intended to be instruction for children. And this is God's word. It is God's wisdom. So let's dig right in. Proverbs chapter 9. Now, before we read this chapter, I want to prepare you for what it is. Proverbs 9 is a little bit different in the overall book of Proverbs because it does kind of hang together and it sort of presents a a scene, a a dramatic kind of scene, if you will. And as we read, you'll understand. you got to picture a young man who is still sort of finding his path in life. A young man, a, a young, perhaps unwise man who's figuring out his life and choosing his path. And as he encounters in this passage, understand there are two women who appear in front of him and they're both calling out to him. Wouldn't that be nice? Some of you would love that. There are two women calling out to the young man. One of them is wisdom. It's wisdom. In other words, God's wisdom, it's sort of uh, personified. It's presented as if she's a character. Wisdom calls out. She's the first girl. The second girl is always stupidity. The second girl, the second woman who calls out to the young man is folly, foolishness, or stupidity. As you read chapter 9, you've got to try to figure out which woman the guy's going to go with. And honestly, in your own life, you've got to answer that question. Who are you going to go with, wisdom or stupidity? Proverbs chapter 9, dig right in with me. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved its seven columns. 
She has prepared a great banquet, mixed the wines, and set the table. She has sent her servants to invite everyone to come. She calls out from the heights overlooking the city. Come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, come, eat my food, drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways behind and begin to live. Learn to use good judgment. That's a great verse. Verse 6, leave, live, and learn. Now verse 7, anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. So don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But correct the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. Verse 10. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. Now verse 13. The woman named Folly is brash. She is ignorant and doesn't know it. She sits in her doorway on the heights overlooking the city. She calls out to men going by who are minding their own business. Come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, stolen water is refreshing. Food eaten in secret tastes the best. But little do they know that the dead are there with her. Her guests are in the depths of the grave. Hmm. Let's start with wisdom. Take a look at woman wisdom with me. She's in those first few verses. Wisdom is what the book of Proverbs is all about. It's a book of, of wisdom. I guess the first thing we should do is define wisdom. What do you think wisdom is? Some people think wisdom is just being smart, but listen to me. There are a lot of smart people who are not wise. There are a lot of people with a lot of knowledge, but they can't find their car keys. Do you understand? They can't get through life. They may have a whole lot of book knowledge, but smart is not the same thing as wisdom. Some people define wisdom in terms of applied knowledge, and I think that's a step in the right direction. Applied knowledge. In other words, the knowledge that you have, the intelligence that you have, you put it to good use every day. And I think that's got something to do with wisdom, applied knowledge. But Scripture makes perfectly clear that wisdom always comes from God. In other words, it's not something you have when you're born. It's not something you gain in school. Wisdom is something altogether different. Wisdom may have nothing to do with your education level, and wisdom doesn't always come with age. Often, People who learn from their lives will, uh, will acquire great wisdom in their old age. But I have seen a lot of old people who are not wise. No amens on that one. You're pretty smart. 
I, I know that there are older folks who are not wise, so wisdom does not automatically come with years. Wisdom comes from God. It always comes from God. But God is so generous with wisdom. It is the one prayer you are guaranteed to have answered. If you pray for wisdom, Scripture says, God will always give you wisdom. It always comes from God. So what is it? Real simply, I would define wisdom as the God-given ability to make good decisions. Wisdom is the God-given ability, and it always comes from God, God-given ability to make good decisions. Wisdom is first presented in this scripture as a woman. Picture a young man finding his path, and he steps out one day, and there are two women, and they both offer invitations. They both want him to come. They both want him to come and share intimately with them. Two women, two rival, but very, very different invitations. Start with wisdom. Notice something. Wisdom is a busy girl. Wisdom is associated with a whole lot of verbs, a lot of action words. Take out your pencil or your pen and write in your Bible there. Underline the action words. Verse 1, wisdom has built her house. She has carved its columns. She has prepared a banquet. She has mixed the wine. She has set the table. She has sent her service, and she calls out to everybody. Wisdom is a busy girl. You'll notice in the book of Proverbs that, that this book and wisdom has everything to do with work. Wisdom always goes to work. There is nothing lazy about wisdom and there is no advantage to being lazy. Proverbs is a very, very pro-work book. And wisdom works. She's busy. She's associated with all kinds of activity, all kinds of verbs. Wisdom, baby, goes to work. And what is she working for? What is she doing? What can you tell from the verbs? Somebody answer me in the overflow. Answer me. What's she doing? She's preparing for a great banquet, a great party, an enormous party. Who's invited? Everyone, she calls out to everyone from the highest place in the city. She's calling out to every uh, dweeb, every doofus, every dummy, every dork. She's calling out to everyone who is simple, to everyone who lacks good judgment. Wisdom calls out to everybody, come, come to me. Come and eat the food that I have prepared. Come to me. Wisdom calls out to everyone to come. But verse 6, notice that wisdom... It's not necessarily free. Notice what it says. You must leave, live, and learn. I like those L words. Verse 6, you must leave, live, and learn. First, you must leave your simple ways behind. You must leave your simple ways. Do you understand? The easiest thing in the world to be is stupid. It is the easiest thing in the world to be. You can be dumb and you don't even have to set your alarm and get up. You can live a life that has nothing to do with wisdom, but you must understand if you're going to have wisdom, you've got to leave behind your simple ways. You've got to leave those ways behind. And then you've got to begin to live. You've got to stop and wonder what it means to tell people to live. 
I mean, if you're telling someone and they're listening, they must be alive, but obviously wisdom knows something else. It must be altogether possible to have a pulse and to have a heartbeat and to get up every day and go to school or get up every day and go to work. It must be altogether possible to go go through all of the motions of your life and still be dead. Do you get that? It's altogether possible to go through all of the motions of life and be dead. That's why Christ brings us life. It's why wisdom calls out and says, you've got to begin to live. Honestly, some of you in this house today, some of you in the sound of my voice, you are walking dead people. Your life is so dry, so dull, so boring. You have no life, no spiritual life, no wisdom. Wisdom calls out, leave your simple ways, begin to live, and learn. Learn to use good judgment. Learn to use good judgment. you got to leave, live, and learn. Now remember, wisdom calls out to everybody, baby. She calls out to everybody. But if you'll notice, not very many people go to wisdom. Not very many people choose to live their lives according to God's wisdom. And the answer is very simple. It's really no mystery. It's difficult to walk the way of wisdom. Wisdom requires change. If you're going to come alive, that means you can't just go through the same motions every day. If you're going to learn to use good judgment, that means you've got to make choices intentionally and prayerfully with God's intervention. If you're going to leave your simple ways behind, that means you've got to change your ways. And most of us don't like to change. And we don't change for for nothing. We've really got to have something that dynamites us into a new way of life. Wisdom is wonderful, but she requires change. If you notice stupidity or or folly in verse 13, she really doesn't ask for much. As a matter of fact, you notice folly, foolishness, stupidity, she's loud. She's the loud girl. Now, wisdom calls out from the city, but understand foolishness is always going to get the attention. Wisdom is a wonderful girl, but understand stupidity is much more photogenic. Stupidity will always make the news. Stupidity is brash and loud and noisy, and everybody's going to notice her, and everybody's going to hear her invitation. And she really doesn't ask for anything, not even from herself. Remember, wisdom was busy. She was setting a table. She was building a house. She was setting columns. But what is foolishness doing? Verse 14, she is Sitting, as Winnie Mae Hopper would say, she is too lazy to scratch. Stupidity is sitting in her doorway just calling out to people. She's just sitting. There's no work here. There's no preparation. There's really no life to her. She just sits. Notice she makes the very same invitation, very same invitation, verse 16 and verse 4. Compare those. Come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, come. But what does stupidity offer? What is her table spread with? Nothing that she prepared, it's stolen, it's secret. As it turns out, stupidity is a girl with a lot of secrets. She really doesn't reveal everything up front. She invites you in with a smooth invitation. This woman's like velvet, understand, but 
She's got a lot of secrets. There are things on the back side of walking with folly, walking with stupidity. There's a price to pay, but it's on the back end, and you don't necessarily see it up front, but it is the way of death. The Proverbs say there's a way that seems right to us, but the way always ends in death. When Folly makes her invitation, she doesn't necessarily broadcast the fact that really the only people that end up with her are dead people. Her way ends in the grave. So it's two invitations, wisdom calling, stupidity calling. And you got to picture the young person. you got to picture yourself standing there in the middle of these two rival but very, very different invitations. Which way are you going to go? Which way will you choose to live your life? This is your fundamental life choice. Are you going to live your life according to wisdom, according to the God-given ability to make good decisions, or are you going to live a life of foolishness? You're going to go one way or the other. Go, Go to verse 10 with me. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. That's a very familiar verse. A lot of you have heard that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If wisdom can be defined as the God-given ability to make good decisions, then you've got to understand there is one choice that comes first. There is a choice in your life that is the fundamental primary choice. You've got to choose first. And that choice is to put God first. In order to live the life that God has for you, in order to have God's best for your life, in order to find wisdom, it begins with the fear of the Lord. In other words, the first choice to make is the choice to make God first in your life, to make Jesus Lord of your life. It's the very first choice. You're never going to get anywhere in your life, and your whole life will end in eternal death if you do not choose to put Christ first. Put God first. It's the very beginning of wisdom to fear the Lord. That word fear, we don't do well with. Sometimes we define it as respect. And often in my sermons, I've talked about the fear of the Lord as being something like respect. But it's not ordinary respect. It's respect somehow mixed with with, with terror or awe or something so amazing, you've got to recognize the God to whom we're, we're directing ourselves. This is a God of such awesome power, a God of such infinite wisdom, that if you were to see him, you would tremble before him, even though you know he loves you. We've got to learn to fear him. It's more than respect. It's not outright terror, but it is a very, very unique kind of orientation toward the God who is king of the universe. Do you understand? It's the beginning of wisdom to acknowledge his place, to recognize that he is God, that he has power, that he alone has wisdom. He has everything you need. You acknowledge who God is, and then you therefore put yourself in your place before him. You are not over him. God is Lord. He is king. And if you're going to have any kind of relationship with this God, you're going to have to surrender to him out of fear, out of respect, out of wisdom. It's the first choice you make. You've got to put God first. You've got to put wisdom first, that God-given ability. You have to surrender to him. 
And we talk about wisdom, a lot of times you, you just sort of think in terms of advice. You remember the old Kung Fu show where, uh, where the master used to talk to Grasshopper and he would give Grasshopper uh, words of advice. And that's often how we think about wisdom and it's how we think about God's wisdom. We just assume that God has a point of view. It's the church point of view, the, the religious point of view. But often in our lives, we live as if God's point of view is just one among others. It's just an option to consider. You've got to understand, God is not in the advice-giving business. He's not giving you advice. God is in the lordship business. And there is a vast difference between the two. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's not in the advice-giving business. He's in the lordship business. And if you're going to have a relationship with God, he's going to be Lord over you. And if you're going to have the wisdom that he gives you, you've got to surrender to it. You've got to understand that in order to have a relationship with God, he requires something up front, and that is control. He requires that up front. You give him control, and then he will begin to bless your life. If you're going to have wisdom, there's one choice that comes first. It is the choice to surrender to God, the decision to put God first. That is the beginning of wisdom. Notice also in, in the scripture, look at verses 10, 11, and 12. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Results in good judgment, underline those words. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to reap the benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. As we dig into Proverbs, you're going to understand very quickly that wisdom has a whole lot to do with choices, of course, but the basic principle that choices have consequences. Choices have consequences. If you are going to walk in the way of God's wisdom, if God is going to give you that ability to make good decisions, you're going to have to recognize that every choice you make has a consequence. Choices have consequences. Verse 11, wisdom will multiply your days. It will add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. There are benefits, there are consequences, and there are positive consequences that go along with wisdom. But at the same time, if you scorn wisdom, you'll be the one to, say the word, suffer. You will suffer consequences. Your choices have consequences. This is so important. This is so fundamental. This is what separates the fools from the wise in the world these days because fools don't believe in consequences. Fools believe they can do anything they want and somehow nothing bad will happen to them. Fools don't do consequences even though they do. They just always seem to think that they'll escape the consequences. It's the fool who goes around living like she's got a million dollars. It's the fool that just keeps on pulling out the credit card and spending money she does not have as if that's going to somehow get her somewhere good. That, that's foolish. She never stops to consider consequences. It's the fool who flirts around with the person who's not, not the spouse at work. That's a fool because somehow they imagine that's never going to affect the marriage. 
It's the fool that goes through life doing stupid things and somehow thinks that bad things are never going to come back on them. It's the fool who has sex on the prom night thinking that somehow there's no consequences with that choice. Choices have consequences. And the wise understand that every choice has a consequence. You get to make your choices. You do not choose the consequences. Do you understand? you got to believe in consequences. Even for those of us who try to live according to God's wisdom. Because sometimes we fall in the same trap. We sometimes believe that being good gets you nowhere. We sometimes say, well, what's the use? Why should I work so hard to please God when nobody else cares about pleasing God? What's the use? I'm telling you, as the scriptures say, there are consequences to serving God. There are consequences to living the life that God has for you. Whether or not you ever get popular in doing it, whether or not you become healthy, wealthy, or or, or wise for it, there are real benefits to wisdom. Don't ever Doubt the consequences. Those who choose wisdom will benefit, the scripture says. Those who scorn wisdom will suffer. So these two call out, two rival invitations. You can live a life after foolishness. You can live a life after God's wisdom, but you're going to make a choice. You must choose wisdom. You must choose to allow God to give you that ability to make good decisions and then to apply that wisdom in every area of your life. You've got to make wisdom an integral part of your life. And the true wisdom only comes from God. Now, honestly, there are things that pass for wisdom in the world. And if those things are ever truly wisdom, then those things come from God. Wisdom always comes from God. But in the world, there are a lot of things that pass for wisdom that aren't God's wisdom at all. The way that seems right in the world is not God's wisdom. And if you think you're going to go through life picking and choosing wise things, if you think you're going to learn some lessons from the world and mix those in with God's wisdom, you are going to be so painfully mistaken Real wisdom comes from God. Real wisdom comes from the Bible. And when you get your wisdom from the Bible, it works every time. It's right all the time. Wisdom comes from God's word. You've got to make God's wisdom the very foundation of your life. Wisdom is found in God's word for us in the Bible. A guy named John talks about his family growing up. He was actually a pastor's son. But he says that his mother was really the the center of spiritual wisdom in the family. Mom was the center of spiritual wisdom. Whenever the family was making a decision, it was mom who would pray. And mom who always, always was in the word, always reading her Bible. And it was mom who would eventually come out and say, listen, this is what God's telling me. This is what I hear God saying. John just grew up with this mother who always had wisdom and always had a word from God. She could always say, this is what God is saying. This is what God's telling us to do. And John was amazed by that. Growing up with a mother who always seemed to talk to God. 
And he was in awe of that, and he grew up admiring that and loving that and always benefiting from his mother's wisdom, mother always having this word from God. And John used to pray that God would talk to him like that. He wanted to hear God's voice like that. His testimony is a long story, but he says that at the age of 17, he deconverted. He left the church when you graduated high school. And for a time, he decided that his mother's uh, talk with God was probably all in her head. He started to doubt what his mother had shown him all of her life with her wisdom. He left the church. He wandered for a number of years. His mother died. He never, ever got to ask her her secret. John says now, though, he's come back to the Lord, back to the church, back to his family, and he understands all those years growing up when his mother would step out and say, this is what God is telling me. Whenever the mom stepped out with wisdom, John remembers now that she always quoted scripture. When she said, this is what the Lord is telling us, she was always quoting scripture. He realized that God's way of talking to his mother and talking through his mother was to bring up from, from the bottom of her soul all of that scripture that she spent days and days and days of her life hiding in her heart. She was a woman of the word. She was a woman who applied herself to God's word and applied God's word to her life. And that's where wisdom was found. Brothers and sisters, there really are two voices that call out to you in your life today. And I promise you, you're listening to one or the other. And very, very, very few of us choose the way of wisdom. Wisdom requires surrender to God. Wisdom requires change. And most of us don't want to surrender and we don't intend to change. And therefore, we will live and die as fools. But God's wisdom calls out to every single one of us to come, to surrender, to leave and live and learn and be blessed. With wisdom always comes blessing. Pray with me. Oh, Lord God, some of us in this house today could tell stories about consequences, the, the consequences of foolishness, the consequences of, of following after our desires and not following after the wisdom God gives. Lord, help us. Today, some of us are struggling and suffering the consequences. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to learn to learn good judgment. I pray, God, by your power, by your wisdom, help us to leave our foolish ways behind and help us, Lord, help us to live, to live as blessed and wise children of a living God. Lord Jesus, help us to love your word and help us to find ourselves daily reading your word so that we might have wisdom. God, I pray today that people in this house, people in the sound of my voice would hear your voice calling. And I pray, Lord, today that all who hear would come to you. Lord, bring them to you today, Lord, that they might find wisdom, salvation, and life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand together. Let's have a time.